Calling all cars, proceed directly to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A podcast that avoided traveling in New Mexico like the plague. He used to think cowboy boots were made from real cowboys. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. This is a podcast not just for lazy men. It's also for lazy ladies and for people who are not lazy, but who want to know a little bit about Medicare so that they don't get wrapped up in all the minutiae and get confused and wind up uh, having to spend extra money that they shouldn't have to spend, wind up getting penalized. Uh, perhaps winding up without coverage for some period of time. Those are all bad things, and we want to avoid that uh, at all costs. So I recommend that people purchase my reasonably priced book, Medicare for the Lazy Man. The current edition is 2023, and if you want, you can buy the book and then put tape over that uh, that year and just tell your friends, hey, look what I got. It's Medicare for the Lazy Man for the Ages. In the meantime, I'll be working on the 2024 book, so we'll be uh, right up to date again very shortly. In any event, when you buy Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, you're going to get all of the knowledge that you need to enroll in Medicare, to choose your supplementary insurance, to use me as uh, an expert right in your back pocket. Uh, You'll have me wherever you go, and uh, you will eventually be able to relax and say, I conquered Medicare. That's the point of my book, and that's the point of this exercise, this podcast here, to make people feel confident about Medicare. So if you purchase my book at either barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com, remember, put in the search window, Medicare for the Lazy Man, and uh, the current one right now, 2023, is going to tell you everything you need to know about enrolling in Medicare and about selecting your supplementary coverages. And as far as uh, being told what you need to know, here's a guy who tells me what I need to know every time we turn on the microphones. Randy Carson, it's good to see your smiling face again. Well, thank you. It's always good to be seen. And uh, while you were doing your intro there, I was thinking, what in the world should we talk about today during our little, you know, our little uh, Ed McMahon and Johnny Carson segment here? And I thought, well... Should we talk about Comrade Newsom? No, let's not no, do that. That's depressing. No, let's, that's really depressing. So instead, I have a list of the stupidest laws in the United States. Well, then I'd like to be quizzed on some of those stupid laws. All right. So here we go. Doug is amazingly intuitive on this type of thing. No, oh, I, I think you're uh, more accurate when you say I'm amazingly inept. I no, sir. That's not true. You get more. You get more than you think. So here we go. Have we talked about Louisiana lately? No. Okay. Well, you know something. I have a stupid law that originates out of Louisiana, and no, I think we talked about this one. Oh, uh, rude pizzas. 
Yeah, we we. Talked oh, that does sound familiar. Yep, we did talk. So we're gonna have to move on. Yeah, yeah. Maine. Yep, yep. We're gonna move on to Maine, and there's okay. There's, I I usually give Doug hints. You know, he normally has this all stored away in his memory, but ultimately, sometimes I give him a hint. And on this one, I'm going to talking okay. about Maine. Uh huh. It's the stupidest law on the books in Maine. Apparently, oh I, I think okay. there's probably, you know, probably stupider laws, but the one they highlighted here is you're not allowed to do this at the airport. Well, OK, so the law had to have been brought into um, the uh, realm of public opinion in either the 20th century or the 21st century, because before that there was no aerial transportation. There were no airports. So what might have been prohibited? Hmm. Um, and if, if we were still in Louisiana, I'd say it has something to do with crawdads, but we're not, we're in Maine. I'm trying to think I've got my next door neighbor, my uh, neighbors across the street are from Maine. And, um, in fact, they have a very endearing accent. I've heard them speak and I've heard other people say, where is that accent from? So you can tell a Mainer whenever you hear them talk. So, uh, the most recent thing going on in Maine has been flooding, storms, flooding. Apparently it rained almost every day last summer, and uh, they're now experiencing some major storms and flooding. I'm going to say that at the airport, you are not allowed to uh, enjoy copious amounts of liquid refreshment. You know, I'm going to give you that one. Wow. That's incredible. I'm going to give you that one because you are so close to what I was looking for because what you just said is part of what I was looking for. So I'm going to give you that one. So, yeah, you know, you are, you. you are you are starting out, you're batting a thousand this year. Wow. So anyway, here we go. I don't know if this specifically or singly applies to Bidford, Maine, but that's that's what they're talking about in this law. And it says, if you and your friends fancy a game of poker uh-huh. while waiting for a flight at the Bidford Municipal Airport, you may want to hold on to those cards. Bidford law prohibits people from being intoxicated, disorderly, or engaging in any form of gambling or committing to any constituting an, or committing any act constituting a nuisance at the airport. So I'm going to give you that one, Doug. Wow. That's because that's what I do when I play poker with my friends. The first thing we do is get drunk and obnoxious at the airport, right? Yeah. Well, whenever possible. (laughs) (laughs) So, wow, that's excellent. And I'm going to have to talk to my neighbors about where Bidford, Maine is, because I'm going to want to stay away from that airport. I've never heard of poker play and mood. Have you ever, have you ever heard of Bidford, Maine? I got to tell you, Maine is full of towns that nobody ever heard of. Oh, geez. I, I've never heard of it. I've a lot been of... in Maine a few times, but and apparently, according to family history, we came down through Maine from Canada originally. Right. But uh, well, I've long never... story short, we're going to have to do some research on bid. I'm going to assign that to you because well, you have neighbors. You have yeah. neighbors from Maine. My experts are right across the street. I can ask them all about Bidford, Maine, and then I'll come back and report on what I learned about Bidford, Maine. But I got to tell you, Maine is just full of little towns, and um, I've never been there. I've never been north of Massachusetts. I've never been north of Salem, Massachusetts, in New England. And yeah. so 
And I can't say that my ancestors were ever there because my ancestors in this early 1600s, 1633 or 1645, something like that, my earliest uh, ancestor that was traced to my lineage um, came from England uh, to Virginia. Uh, his, uh, he was Colonel Reed, R-E-A-D-E, I believe is the spelling. And that's where my American uh, branch of the family got started. And we've always been Southerners going from Virginia, eventually winding up in Texas and then Oklahoma. So uh, I'm really glad to have gotten that close to the actual, um, you know, violation of the law. That's fantastic. You know what's going to happen, don't you? What's that? I'm going to forget that. You're going to walk across the street and you're going to accost your neighbors and say, what is there about blah, blah, blah? You know, you can't do this there. And they go, yeah, the last and before you even get the name of the town out, they're going, for Uh God's sakes, don't gamble and get drunk at the Bedford Airport. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, with these particular neighbors, they are uh, fun loving people. And so we actually play cards every Wednesday night and there's always some libation involved. Yeah. So it's going to be tomorrow night. Uh, in fact, is Wednesday and it's going to be perfect opportunity to bring it up to them. Bid, we'll don't forget now. I want, I want to report back Bedford, Maine. Why are they so much against cards and drinking? And this conversation is proof positive of the rationale of playing our episodes in the order that we've recorded them. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, we did have kind of a question, like, should we, uh, does it matter or does it not? If the episodes fall on the floor, does it matter what order we pick them up and play them in? I think we have to do them in the order we recorded them. Yeah, I was so, just for the audience's benefit, I, I got so excited after the first of the year that I totally skipped over a couple episodes, uh, you know, on mistake. And then we had a big discussion about how to pick those back up. And I think we made it. Uh, we're marching forward anyway, so yep. bottom line is we, now we have extra processes in place for you guys that are in IT. We cannot miss it now. That's right. That's right. Hey, we were in the middle of a uh, quiz. I was quizzing you, and your brain was starting to hurt. I think you wanted to end that episode early. So let's finish up our little Medicare. Sure, quiz, absolutely. Here is one item that I thought was kind of interesting. The National Council on Aging says that senior scams have been called the crime of the 21st century. I haven't heard that myself. I think there are some other things that are worse. And you mentioned Rand, uh, Newsom uh, earlier. I think Rand Newsom. Yeah, oh, he's yeah kinda... that's the, the, he's the crime of a century. Exactly right. So anyway, um, I don't know how to turn this into a quiz question, but it says FBI suspects that seniors are a target for the following reasons. They have money. <laughs> that makes perfect perfect sense. Individuals who grew up in the thirties to the fifties are generally known to be polite and trusting. Do you think that's true? I am not trusting. I'm telling you. And I'm I, not polite. So, you know, bottom they're, they're long is, in both counts. My bottom line is because of my background and some of the stuff I did for a living, I used to have an expression that I was very skeptical and I used to have an expression and this was not a slam on my mother, my sainted mother. But I used to say I wouldn't even trust my mother with ten dollars that I lend her. Uh huh. Well, that's skepticism, I believe, is uh, <laughs> what you call that. 
Well, I don't know how to turn this into a quiz questions, but just to finish up, they say uh, also that uh, older people are less likely to report fraud because they don't know who to call. I think that's kind of oh. stupid. Oh, I that's, know how to call. Yes. Yeah, I think we all can figure out who to call if we need to. And then the fourth uh, thing they say is that older adults often suffer from memory loss. Well, my wife would tell you that's certainly a problem I have. Uh, it's, you know, birthdays and anniversaries are a particular uh memory loss item for me but i think we should move ahead um okay let's suppose that you've got cancer will okay. medicare will medicare cover all of your cancer costs i don't i mean they, they certainly will cover what they're required to cover in part a and part b but i don't think i can go with the idea of all well i uh, i think you've exactly stated what this article uh, is trying to tell us uh so you're correct your answer is correct uh it says the sad truth is that only 38 percent co of costs associated with cancer are medical the other 62 percent of cancer related costs are not covered by medicare at all and here are the the uh, categories those costs fall into travel expenses lodging i you know if you've got cancer do you really need to travel and and stay in hotels loss of income could be a problem but it might not be uh experimental medications well when medications are experimental medicare is not going to touch them they only pay for the tried and true treatments uh meals child care counseling clothing and wigs because of this we'd advise you to consider buying a critical illness insurance plan and i i'd say that's not necessarily a bad idea uh to buy a freestanding uh first diagnosis cancer policy from a reputable insurance company it certainly could pay off i know one family where uh both adults uh had uh $50,000 first diagnosis cancer policy and each of them collected on them. I don't know. I think one guy had a very low grade uh, prostate cancer and the wife had uh, some other kind of cancer. Neither of them were life-threatening, but both of them were uh, collected a handsome payoff from their insurance plans. So something to consider if you're concerned about cancer. Let's say you've got a family history of cancer and you don't want to be a victim that doesn't have enough protection uh a cancer or a critical illness insurance plan could be the answer for uh, you for peace of mind uh oh let's suppose that uh it's a new year and you're uh, you've hopped out of bed on january 1st and you are going okay what's medicare gonna do for me this year uh and let's suppose that you decide you need a um a free annual wellness exam uh, is medicare going to provide that for you for free randy it will uh the part of that question that i'm not sure on is whether that's an annual benefit or whether that's a, a benefit like every other year i i know there is such a thing as uh you know a, an annual wellness check or so, uh, at some frequency but i'm not sure on the frequency well you're pretty close i'm going to give you credit for that one uh you have hit the nail very close to the head. Uh, Medicare does offer a free annual wellness exam, but the point I want to make here is it's not really a physical exam like one might go to a doctor and pay for every year. I don't do that. I don't want to hear any news from my doctor that isn't uh, you know, absolutely necessary for me to hear, but some people say that they go visit a doctor every year. Well, one way to do it is to have 
uh, to take advantage of the Medicare annual wellness exam, which is less invasive than a, a physical exam, but it's more um, talking. In other words, your doctor is going to ask you a series of questions and your responses will indicate to the doctor whether additional investigation or treatment or diagnosis is needed. And he will also be able to offer you a plan for the future uh, based on your answers to certain questions. So here's what this article has to say. Medicare pays for one free wellness exam each year. You don't have to pay the coinsurance or the deductible for this exam either. Now, outpatient uh, Part B of Medicare, you got a $240 front-end deductible. After that, Medicare pays 80% of everything. You don't have to pay that 20%. You don't have to pay the deductible for your annual wellness exam. During this exam, your doctor will create a full prevention plan. You can expect a health assessment, a medical and family history overview, a checklist for preventive screenings, and routine health checks like blood pressure and your weight. If you're brand new to Medicare, you actually get a free welcome to Medicare visit, so you should take advantage of it. This is a pain-free way to keep up with your health and to see your doctor each year, plus it's free. So, uh, okay, thanks, Medicare. <laughs> Next item, uh, the question is true or false. And Randy, think about this one before you uh, blurt your answer out. <clears throat> you don't have to sign up for Medicare at age 65. Is that true or is that false? Boy, I can, I, I need you to have that game have, that game show music. Ding, ding, you ding, don't ding. have to sign up for Medicare at 65. Um, true or false? True or false? True. The question was, do you or do you not have to sign up for Medicare? Randy's answer was, you do not have to sign up for Medicare at age 65, and he is correct. So congratulations, Randy. I think you got 100% on this test. I think I did. So I'm, I'm looking for that extra quarter, Doug. Well, okay. It's it's come that much closer to you. It's uh, <laughs> this your, your stellar performance on this quiz has uh, caused that quarter to be that much more that like, much likely to oh be. Oh, my God. I am so glad to hear that. Uh, now, just to finish up this last item, if you have health coverage from another source that's creditable, so let's say you've got a job and you've got health insurance um, from your employer, then you don't have to sign up for Medicare when you turn 65, especially if your employer has more than 20 people on the, on the payroll, um, and you're exempt from penalties. If you're happy with your current health insurance plan that your employer or your spouse's employer provides for you, then you don't have to enroll in Medicare at age 65. You can wait until it's time for you to retire or to leave that company or to leave that health insurance plan. And that's when you want to enroll in Medicare. Now, I always tell people, give some consideration to enrolling in Medicare Part A when you turn 65. And the reason for that is I think it's going to help grease the wheels. It's going to make, it's going to put you in their system and it's going to make it easier for you to eventually enroll in part B of Medicare when you decide years later that it's time to retire or that it's time to, um, to enroll in part B because you're going to need the Medicare, Medicare coverage. Uh, the only reason not to enroll in part A when you're first eligible is if you have a tax advantaged HSA. If you make deposits or your employer makes deposits on your behalf to an HSA account, health savings account, 
and uh, you take part in any part of Medicare, you're going to get penalized by the IRS. So stay away from Medicare if you have an HSA. Wait until it's time for you to retire and then enroll in Part A and B. But if you don't have an HSA, you can enroll in Part A, no harm, no foul, as soon as you turn 65, and you'll be on the Medicare mailing list so that the government will know where to find you when it's time for you to enroll in Part B. And that's why you don't have to sign up at age 65 for Medicare. And no penalties when you decide later to uh, to actually do that signing up that uh, we discussed. So I am um, finished with the quiz. Randy did a stellar job. I'm so proud of him. He's actually been paying attention to all of these uh, podcast episodes, 604, I think it is. We're uh, we're bouncing right up there on six hundred and five. I you know bottom line is, and I should say this to the audience: we Doug has an incredible memory, and he can recite every one of those from memory. Yeah, pick a number. I'll tell you what we talked about: <laughs> six hundred and no, let's go with five twenty-five. Uh, we talked about Medicare. Yes, we did. I Here's remember good. that very clearly. One more, uh, okay, four hundred and three. Um, on that episode, we talked about Medicare, as I yes. recall. Yes, we did. And one more question. If you remember episode 325, who was our announcer? Oh, that was, um, oh, that was my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan. Yes. Drew McMillan. Ah. Your, mem your memory is incredible, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I have a, a thing here that I referred to in an earlier episode and that thing is reference to an article that had a, a very uh colorful title a very direct and um, descriptive title and it said more than half of senior or seniors i hate that term are stuck in medicare advantage plans now i talked about that article because not only did i discover it and i uh read important chunks of it on the podcast, but it was also reprinted in several different online publications, plus at least two, if not more, of our uh, esteemed and valued uh, clients sent that article to me thinking they had discovered something that maybe I hadn't discovered. So here it is a couple of weeks later. I talked about it on the podcast, read the article. It talked about people being uh, enrolling in Medicare in uh, Medicare Advantage plans and then having a health problem arise and having losing the freedom to get back to Medicare plus a Medicare supplement, which is the best coverage of all under Medicare. And when that means they're stuck in their Medicare Advantage plans. Well, I ran across that article again. And I read the headline. I said, that's the same headline. Uh, but this was in a different publication. This was in Newsweek, and it was written by a woman named Suzanne Blake. And it's a totally different article. This woman wrote an article and gave it the same basic name. The story is that many people, seniors, they call them, I call them Medicare participants, they're stuck in Medicare Advantage plans because they said, oh, hey, I like the idea of a Medicare Advantage plan. First of all, it's very easy. All I have to do is dial the number that um, uh, Joe Namath, he's you know, yelling about calling this number. There it is right under his face on the television screen. I'll call that number. So it's easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan. Second thing that people 
enroll in Medicare Advantage plans for is that typically they're less expensive. Uh, Medicare, you're going to have to pay that Medicare premium of $174.70 every month, whether you have Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplement. But if you decide that you want the best, the primo coverage, and you want to buy a Medicare supplement, most agents are only going to sell you the expensive Medicare supplement plans because their commission is based on a percentage of what you have to pay. And if they sell you the plan that I promote, which is much less expensive, they're not going to make as much money. So when you find out what the cost for a Medicare supplement is, maybe it's 150, maybe it's $300 in your part of New York or Florida. Maybe it's uh, $110 in your part of Tennessee or Mississippi. Maybe it's $150 in Illinois. Uh, no matter what it is, it's going to be superior protection against medical expenses. However, a lot of people are going to say, well, I already have to pay $170 to Part B to the federal government. I don't want to pay another 100 and a half. Well, I have the solution, and that is the high value or high deductible Medicare supplement. It means you're sharing a little bit of the risk with the, uh, the plan, but it means that Medicare will start paying its share right after that $240 annual deductible, and you're sharing small portion of your medical expenses in return for a huge discount on your Medicare supplement insurance. Every quote I send out to a client that uh, I try to illustrate the advantage of going with high deductible or high value Medicare supplement. Uh, you will save money if you stay well. And if you get sick, your downside risk is very, very limited. So that is the reasoning behind my interest in these articles that all have the same premise. There are people getting stuck in their Medicare Advantage plans and they cannot move. So that's something to be aware of. If you're coming into Medicare, give careful consideration to purchasing a Medicare supplement plan to go with Medicare. And uh, I think you will be very satisfied with the results if you happen to come down with uh, medical expenses, uh, uh, you know, diseases or injuries that will cause you to have medical expenses. And I also have a, a fondness in my heart for the uh, two women in Wisconsin who offer Medicare advice, but they don't sell insurance. They say, hey, our, our uh, Medicare advice is very pure because we don't sell insurance. And one of them is Melinda Caulfield, and one is... Um, well, boy, I forget her name now, but these two women put out interesting Medicare trivia that um, I enjoy looking through. It comes out every couple of weeks. Uh, and today, the uh, trivia that I found was uh, entitled Getting Stuck with Medicare Coverage That Doesn't Work For You Can Be a Problem. It's particularly germane for the early part of the year. We're in the early part of 2024. And it may be that people are stuck with Medicare coverage that they purchased at the end of last year during Medicare open enrollment or uh, AEP, annual election period, and they're having second thoughts, or they found out that something isn't covered by their Medicare plan. And this woman is saying, you may have some options. Each year during the fall, Medicare participants are given an opportunity to make changes to their coverage during the program's annual open enrollment program. 
If you signed up for a new Medicare Part D drug plan or a new Medicare Advantage plan in late 2023, then hopefully that new coverage is working out well for you so far. But what if it isn't? Maybe you went to make an appointment with your pulmonologist only to realize they're not considered to be in the network of your Medicare Advantage plan. Based on your new Medicare Advantage plan, uh, that, that's a possibility. Or maybe you are just prescribed a daily pill based on recent test results and the costs under your current Part D drug plan are exorbitant. If you're not happy with your existing Medicare plan, you may unfortunately be stuck with it for the remainder of 2024. But that's not always the case. When you're not thrilled with your Part D drug coverage, uh, there are a couple of ways to uh, uh, get out from under it. Actually, only one way that I I think they refer to here. Uh, if you signed up with your uh, with a Medicare Part D drug plan and you're not happy with it, you may be stuck with it for the remainder of the year. However, you can move. <laughs> if you leave the service area of your Part D drug plan, you will then have set in motion uh, a law that allows you to pick a new drug plan from any of the drug plans available in your new area. So, uh, for instance, if you move to a new location, you may be eligible to switch your Part D drug plan in the middle of the year. Uh, I moved from uh, North Avenue in St. Charles, about three miles away, to uh, Shagbark Lane in Wayne, Illinois. And uh, all of a sudden, my drug plan got a hold of that knowledge. And I think they got a hold of it because the people who bought my house on uh, in St. Charles uh, started throwing away my <laughs> They they tried to return the mail, return to sender instead of forwarding. And uh, so eventually I started getting phone calls and the content curators started getting phone calls from our drug plan saying, hey, we heard you moved. Fill out these forms. We're going to have somebody call you and question you about your new location. And the whole thing is the feds breathe down the necks of these drug plans. They have a certain geographical area they cover. And if you leave that area, You've got to pick a new drug plan, even if the best drug plan for you in your new area is the same plan that you already had, you still have to apply for that plan again as though it were completely new. I had clients that moved from Illinois to Colorado, and they had to fill out applications for their new drug plan, which was identical to their old drug plan, same company, same plan, but they were treated as new clients. So this article goes on to say, um, if it's not an option that you are going to move in order to get a better drug plan, talk to your providers about ways to lower your prescription costs under your current plan. That could mean switching medications or moving over to generics. Now, if you're not thrilled with your Medicare Advantage plan, you've got a little more wiggle room. Maybe you signed up for Medicare Advantage for the first time last year, or maybe you switched to an Advantage plan you thought would be a better fit than a former one, but it isn't. If you don't like your Medicare Advantage plan, you're actually in luck because you're allowed to make a one-time change to your Medicare Advantage coverage between now and March 31st. You don't need to qualify for a special circumstance such as a change of location. You can opt to sign up for a different Advantage plan or you can move over to Original Medicare, Parts A and B, and then sign up for Part D drug plan 
and this article doesn't mention it, but also let's hope that you're physically healthy enough to qualify for a Medicare supplement plan. That's when you call me. You say, hey, I'm getting out of my Medicare Advantage plan. I want to enroll in regular Medicare, and you don't really have to enroll. It'll be automatic. Uh, You will be moved to original Medicare parts A and B. If you were already enrolled in them uh, before, then you'll just return to parts A and B of Medicare, and you can get a Part D drug plan through me, your agent. You can also get a Medicare supplement, assuming that you can fill out the health questionnaire uh, with answers that the underwriter is going to like. So one thing you should know is that if you decide to drop Medicare Advantage and get coverage under original Medicare instead, you may not be able to get a Medigap or Medicare supplement policy. It's common for enrollees in original Medicare to get supplemental insurance via Medigap. I would say not common. It is imperative. Uh, It's fiscally responsible. Uh, But you uh, will have to fill out your uh, medical history for the new health insurance carrier that's going to provide you with a Medicare supplement. And the last sentence is, if your current Medicare Advantage plan is truly a poor fit, you may want to make a change regardless of the lack of a Medicare supplement plan that you can qualify for. I would think about that carefully because if you have a uh, medical problem, like an accident, if you fall out of a um, you know, an airplane or if you are trampled by a herd of elephants, Uh, you're going to have some major expenses that have to come out of your own pocket if you're on Medicare only without a Medicare supplement. Uh, I would wait until the end of the year to disenroll from your Medicare Advantage plan. I I don't know if there's a good answer to that, but get out of Medicare Advantage if you can qualify and answer the health questions and qualify for a Medicare supplement plan. Get out as soon as you can rather than uh, dilly-dallying because something bad could happen to you in the future. Randy, I think we burned up our time again. I I neglected to pay for that extra time that uh, you have been begging for. Darn it, darn it, darn it. Well, I do have one thing. You know how, uh, well, you know, I'm a a cowboy from Nebraska. And I always always think in terms of leaving mental pictures in people's mind. Okay. Well, this is kind of a, a mental picture I want to leave, but in order to fully understand what I'm saying here, people are going to have to do a little bit of research. So we were talking today about getting trapped into a Medicare Advantage plan. Yes, sir. Bad. Okay, that's, well, that's bad. That reminded me of a thought that I want to leave with people. So, but before, you know, you're going to have to do a little research to understand what I mean here, but that thought that I want to leave you is, being trapped in a Medicare Advantage plan is like being in the squirrel cage jail in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Tell us about that. The, a squirrel cage jail is a cylindrical. There's only, I think, there's only one of them in in the United States. There might have been two, but uh, back in the day, somebody designed a new jail for for the uh, county, Pottawatomie County, in Iowa. And it was a it was a cylindrical thing that looked just like a coffee can, you know, you okay. know a, a two story, maybe three story coffee can, big, okay. c- big, c- big cylinder. Okay. Yeah. So, but that cylinder turned on an axle. And why would why would it do that? Well, because there was only one way out when ah. when you turn when you turn the jail so that your door wasn't at the slot that you could uh-huh. get out. Yep. You you were looking at a wall. Oh, okay. 
So it, the, the reason they called it the squirrel cage jail is that in order to let inmate 10 out, you had there was a mechanism where you had to turn the jet turn the entire jail, you know, the cage, yeah. turn the entire cage so that so the prisoner number 12's door was at the slot where he could step out. Well, how about prisoner 10 that you were just going to let out? Well, he, he had to be at the slot in order you had to turn the jail until he was able to get out. But here's the problem with the squirrel cage jail. And the reason I wanted to leave you with a mental picture about Medicare Advantage plans, the reason they quit building squirrel cage jails, and this might have been the only one, that if people were in that slot and they were turning the jail, yeah, yeah. they got squashed. Ooh, ouch. ouch. Because they might have been trying to get out when they shouldn't have been. Yeah. But how about if they got trapped? How about if the if the uh, squirrel cage jail was turned, but the door never actually became uh, open? Well, there was there uh, each each cell had an open door, but right. it didn't do any good most of the time because it just faced the wall. Because you were so, you were in the 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 wall was most most of the time in front of your door. Okay, so let's say prisoner number three. Yeah, is, is healthy and he's able to get out of his Medicare Advantage plan. So yeah. somebody can turn that squirrel cage jail so that the door of cell number three was not facing a wall, but was facing an opening. Yeah, he could get that, out. He could get out, but all the other unhealthy people that couldn't answer the health questionnaire right. uh, with all no answers or whatever, their door is still facing a wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or... If you were in the wrong space at the wrong time at the wrong place, even though you were healthy and could qualify for something else, you might have got squashed in the door. Yeah, that's trying, not trying a trying to get trying to get out of the uh, Medicare uh, Advantage plan. Oh boy! Well, well, better not to ever be thrown in jail in Potawatomi County, Iowa, especially the squirrel cage jail. Yeah, that <laughs> which is maybe the only one in existence. I think it is. You know, it's interesting. I'll look it up. I, this came up for discussion not too long ago, whether there was ever another squirrel cage jail built. Yeah. And uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I would hazard I would hazard a guess to say that the architect that dreamt this thing up was a nut, was a nut and didn't do well. Plus, part two of that uh -huh. is the is the uh, town fathers. We're kind of off in the ozone too for letting them build a squirrel cage jail. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know whether it was supposed to be a, a cost savings thing. I mean, basically, all you needed was one one guy running the squirrel cage to watch the whole thing. Maybe that was it. Well, that certainly is the way prisons are designed. In fact, if you go to Easton, um, the Easton Eastern Penitentiary in Philadelphia. It's an 1800s uh, hellhole, maybe even 1700s when the first part of it was built. You find that there's a long hallway with cell doors on either side, and one guy could be in charge of hundreds and hundreds yeah. of prisoners. And uh, that certainly is the same kind of thing, only the squirrel cage jail would have been cheaper, I guess. Right. So that you're talking about the Eastern State Penitentiary. Right, right. And that's a, that's a for those of you who follow ghost hunting, Eastern State Penitentiary is one of the hottest spots for ghost hunting in the United States. Well, I will say that it's also the prison that was built on the, the philosophy that the Quakers had, which is give a criminal some time to think about their misdoings, their mis, miscreant <laughs> behavior, and they'll come around. 
they believed there was good in everybody if you just gave them a chance for that uh, that good to come out. So they uh, allowed these uh, prisoners some time to think about uh, their their misdeeds by having a completely silent penitentiary. And the boots wore uh, like socks. Uh, excuse me, the guards wore socks over their boots. There was no noise. Uh, they couldn't flush their toilets. They had to be flushed from the hallway. Uh, so they get flushed once a day. There was dead silence in this prison, and it drove the prisoners insane. I was going to say, that would drive you absolutely bonkers. That's what happened. So many people went berserk uh, based on the silence that they and they were their isolation from uh everybody was in an individual cell and yeah, i was gonna all, say weren't they individual in. weren't they uh single rooms <laughs> yes they were and and you couldn't see hear, or or touch anybody else to have a conversation or to have any uh and your food was brought to the cell you had a toilet in your cell they some of the older cells did have like an, an exercise yard that was the size of a closet so they could go outside and look up at the sky only maybe once a day or once every week or something like that. But it drove a lot of the prisoners completely nuts. Well, you know what the, you know, a sheriff Joe would say. Sheriff Joe would say, uh, you know, good for, don't come back then if you don't like it. You don't, you don't like my jail, stay out of my jail. So anyway, we need to sign off because Mr. Jones hasn't approved the extra expenditure yet. Sorry, sorry. Money's tight. We live in inflationary times. So here we go. Get your pencil out. You can reach out to Doug at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. He gets up every morning, has his cup of tea, and waits to see if he's going to get any mail. And if he doesn't, he's grumpy. And we don't want a grumpy Doug. And beyond that, remember that Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out at the website, MedicareForTheLazyMan.com. we got some cool stuff going on there. We would appreciate you finding a place to drop a couple reviews on the content we produce. It's all about the numbers, even this earlier in the year. Last but not least, thank you for joining us. You could have been 100 different places doing 99 different things, but you weren't. We had you with us, which is exactly what we wanted. However, if you weren't checking your watch, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy, originally from Oklahoma. No more. He's camped out in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. And today I'm going to clock him in in his fortress of solitude. I'll be nice. 14,000 feet. Oh, boy. Oh, Pike's Peak is... 14,200 feet. So, oh man. Well, thank you, Randy. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We sure enjoyed having you join us today for this episode. And we'll look forward to having you join us for the next episode. Bye-bye.